0: But first, every year, millions and millions of birds fly through Chicago during migration seasons. But it turns out it's also the deadliest city for birds in America. A long awaited ordinance could help make Chicago more hospitable to our feathered friends and has already been adopted in Skokie and Evanston. So, what's the holdup on implementing it in Chicago? Joining us now with more is Judy Pollock, president of the Chicago Audubon Society. Welcome back to Reset, Judy.
1: Oh, thank you. It's so great to be here.
0: Also with us is Annette Prince, Chair of Bird-Friendly Chicago and Director of the Chicago Bird Collision Monitors. Great
2: to have you, Annette. Thanks for inviting us.
0: So before we get to the ordinance, Judy, start off by reminding us why Chicago is such an important stop for many migratory birds.
1: Yeah, so there was a great um, study that was done by Cornell Lab of Ornithology that really um, illustrated this. Uh, A lot of the birds uh, are that migrate are coming up uh, from from Mexico, you know, whether Central America, South America, through Mexico, and then up the middle of the country. So you have this big river of birds in the middle of the country. Um, and it turns out that lights really attract birds. So all of the um, cities that are close to that big river of birds are attracting birds off of their migratory paths to sort of fill up the cities. And Chicago, because of its the, its closeness to that big river of birds and the amount of light it's putting out, mm-hmm. is the biggest attractant for these migratory birds. And we're talking about things like warblers, vireos, flycatchers, uh, you know, a lot of thrushes. And how many birds are we talking about that come through the city? Oh, millions. I, yeah, millions. Millions, millions. millions of birds. Uh, yeah, of, you know, like 200 250 plus uh, species. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, Annette, tell us a bit
0: about Chicago Bird Collision Monitors. What is it that you do?
2: Well, our group is working on... uh Monitoring and collecting and documenting the scope of this problem in the Chicago area. Uh, we pick up uh, anywhere from five to 7,000 uh, dead and injured birds in downtown Chicago each year, and uh, these are from the 200 more uh, different species of birds, and we're trying to uh, you know, enforce the idea that this is just what we find, and when you multiply it toward all the other buildings and all the places we don't get to with our limited time that we're downtown and the limited number of volunteers, we're talking hundreds of thousands of birds that are dying at windows and we're trying to uh, show the scope of this issue and how important it is for Chicago of all places to adopt an ordinance and protection for these birds.
0: And picking up where Judy left off, anything else that we know about how these birds are dying?
2: They're flying into the glass that's in the urban environment that we present, everything from residential homes, because uh, homes add just small residential areas, everything to a high-rise, to, to a one-story building can can be deadly for birds. It's it's the idea that they don't see glass. They will fly towards a reflection that they see in glass that looks like trees or sky, or they will fly towards something transparent that they think they can get to the other side of to fly through, fly away, fly towards a tree or a fountain in a lobby. Yeah.
0: You started off, Judy, by talking about that 2019 Cornell study, um, which officially found that Chicago was the deadliest city, as I mentioned, for, for birds. Are there any other specific things about Chicago that you would say make it more dangerous than other cities?
1: I think the fact that it's on the lakefront really adds because, you know, you've got the birds migrating in this broad front. And then when the sun rises, birds that are over the lake have to land someplace. So that really concentrates the birds uh, in Chicago. That's a good point. Are we seeing the
0: collisions in particular parts of the city, Annette?
2: Well, we monitor downtown, so we're aware of the concentration that happens downtown. But we get calls from th- throughout the area. I mean, it, any office park, any building with a huge amount of glass will will call us, and we know that the residential uh, buildings are also a, a problem. So we're, um, you know, birds have used this pathway for thousands and thousands of years before we had a city here. There, glass and lights have only been here a hundred years or, or more, and these birds have used found this to be a safe way to travel along what used to be wetlands and lakefront areas that were, uh, they, they're programmed to travel this way. They, they're not picking another route because this one's too dangerous now. They, they don't have the ability right. to to switch what what is an ingrained um, a migratory pathway for them that they, they really rely on. And it, it's, it's, it's a form of habitat destruction in the sense that this is habitat and an area that they used to use. And now we have vastly with, altered it with the glass and the, and the lighting that we've added.
0: So let's get into the bird-friendly building ordinance and that what does it aim to accomplish
2: we want to have requirements that would uh, make sure that uh, for the first step that any new building or major renovation would use materials that are bird friendly that give birds a way to perceive glass we can still have glass we 're not asking people to build all brick buildings okay. but, but we there are products and, and an ever expanding market of options to make glass that's attractive but has markers patterns very very subtle uh, indications that a bird will notice that there's something there that they should fly away from or around and not towards. And there's been a lot of success, successful buildings uh, and designs that can just incorporate this in without any additional cost, uh, Uh, And with with products that make a a very attractive building and architects are are expanding their creativity in in making really beautiful buildings with a lot of glass.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because my initial thought was that implementing these building standards could be expensive. But you say that's not the case.
2: A recent study that I was just reading about uh, shows that it, it, it can be um, at some point cost neutral. That if, as long as the design is there up front, it can cost you nothing extra, depending on your materials and how you position the glass or your use of glass. Or even with uh, products that are considered bird friendly glass, the cost can be less than half a percent of the total cost of the building. Gotcha. So if, if, and certainly if you build a building and afterwards find that it's harming birds, the retrofitting cost to fix that glass is astronomical. So we're trying to tell people to to build smart from the start and just because that in in itself is going to uh, make it um, manageable and reasonable and not something that should at all inhibit the ability for a developer or an architect to use uh, bird safe products.
0: Judy, talk more about how we can make these buildings safer for birds? Uh,
2: so I think,
1: you know, as Annette said, the key really is a lot of it is in the glass. Uh, and so there there are a lot of products like, for example, films that have very tiny stripes, tiny dots, um, or, you know, a, a homeowner can do something as simple as hanging fishing line in front of the glass. Anything that makes that uh, glass visible, there's a way that you can Actually, just if you're a homeowner, you can use a um, yellow magic marker to put stripes on glass. But then, you know, there, there are um, there are many really uh, decorative, appealing ways for, you know, a, a fancier building, a high-rise to, yeah. to address uh, this.
0: Do we have examples, Judy, for sit other cities and, 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 and where these sorts of bird-friendly standards have already been implemented?
1: Yes, and that is a uh, heartbreaking for both me and Annette. You know, Chicago had the first lights-out program in the country Okay, be- because, as we've talked about, it's the most dangerous city, and so the problem was most evident here. And we were just sure that we were going to have the first bird-friendly ordinance. That's how long we've been working on this. You You've know. been waiting years, yeah, right? Yeah, so, you know, three years ago an ordinance was passed, but all the ordinance did was it said, um, buildings have to be more bird friendly, and the mechanism for that is going to be in this sustainability checklist which is which all the um large buildings have to fill out uh you know anyone that wants any anything from the city has to put these sustainability measures in place but the the measures on there are optional, so uh it doesn't really do us a lot of good uh you know there's it, we're competing with all, all of these other different kinds of energy water et cetera et cetera yeah um and and even that. Has hasn't happened, you know. the The ordinance said those those have to be made stiffer, but it hasn't happened. Uh, you know, we're just waiting and waiting for almost three years now for the Department of Planning to en- enact those ordinances, and we are really uncertain as to whether this is going to be mandatory mm-hmm. or not. And and that's that's critical. I'm just
0: curious why Chicago has been so slow to implement this when you know other townships, as I mentioned earlier.
2: Right in our
0: surrounding area, they've already done this.
2: We and we developed the guidelines and the requirements that we thought were necessary, as well as a guidebook that made it very clear and easy to implement, understandable. Because right. we understand that this is a big shift for architects and developers. We have a guide, and I think that was instrumental in getting when that that. Um, Explanation of, of how to uh, make this bird friendly. Oh, yeah, when you so, come and,
0: with solutions, that's always a so good thing. Skokie and Evanston
2: yeah. were were readily uh, willing to uh, take that uh, that guide and use it because it, it was ready to work. Because you have to, you know, change your way to operate. But, you know, the fact that people are saying that they're they're trying to protect developers from extra costs, you know, I just I just don't understand the fact that we're very disappointed because you don't hear people saying, well. My building is going to cost more if I have to make it handicap accessible. We're not protecting, you know, why are we protecting the developers? We need to protect these birds. They're not replaceable. We can't, we can't, you know, do without them in our environment and in our world. And we want to see that protection yeah. in place. It's, it's not optional. It's really a question of whether things are going to die or not. And, How
0: many birds do we think can be saved if this ordinance went into effect?
2: Well, it'll it'll protect anything that's a new building. And that's the interesting thing is that this is just going to be the start because all the buildings that currently exist are going to continue to kill birds. And retrofitting is the next big step to ask. And as I said before, retrofitting is very expensive. Yeah. So we're only asking for what's new. And every year that this has not gone into... Effect and implemented a new building has gone up, and that building for the life that it's going to be there is going to kill thousands of birds. So every year and every every day that we're, that a new building is constructed in Chicago without these requirements, mm-hmm. not just optional uh, measures, just requirements for for the, the the minimum of what new and retrofits auto new and um, uh, renovations should include, uh, we're losing birds at every new building that goes up.
0: Leave us with this, Judy. How optimistic are you that uh, this ordinance will pass in 2023?
1: <sighs> Well, you know, it's always next year we, promise it's, her gonna we <laughs> promise it's going to happen. We promise it's going to happen next year. They're they're saying it more definitely this year, okay. so I'm going to be optimistic. Fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> we'll leave it there. Judy Pollack is president of the Chicago Audubon Society and Annette Prince is chair of Bird Friendly Chicago. Thank you both.